uh, for just a bit. <coughs> Some of you will recall a few weeks ago I shared the deliverance I was getting about my fi- prosperity, about finances. Well, I received a revelation of, in my understanding of prosperity and why I was not prospering. And uh, <clears throat> a lot has changed since I heard that word. And um, I'm going to pray before I get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word, Lord. It's so clear, so not uncomplicated. And when we ask, you show us. I thank you, Father, that as I go through this tonight, that understanding everyone's mind would be opened, their understanding would be increased, and that they can relate to it in some capacity in their lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. The scripture that the Lord revealed to me was uh, Matthew 6:33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, I was, I'm, I was after the Lord. I gave when I was supposed to give. I gave tithes. I gave offerings. I gave freely. I, I shared, you know, uh, in my, just my lifestyle. Uh, num- every way that I could see, I, I'm having some feedback. Every way that I could see was, um, uh, I was co- that base was covered. And yet, uh, I was coming up just just short in some areas, and uh, I'm I'm frugal. I'm not a spendthrift. I'm I'm not. I I don't do that. And so when I asked God about it, He was so gracious to show me, and it was just like a black line went off of a white page, and underneath was Matthew six thirty three. He opened that scripture to me. Well, since that point, I have been going after more understanding of what was going, what, how monies affect us in the body of Christ. The uh, message tonight is called the Spirit of Mammon, and we we live with the thing; it's all around us. It's it talks. And uh, it's out of both sides of its mouth. It talks. And it's so subtle and so normal that we don't even realize. But, you know, I'm going after my, in pursuit of this, getting my full deliverance, I'm going after the root of my problem. You know, when I go out and pull weeds, I try to get the root and there's a very good reason, because if I don't, a lot more things come up. It spreads out under there, under the soil. Well, that's how demonic things work, too. If we leave the root, if we don't deal with the root. And uh, <clears throat> the enemy's made some headway in the church. We've all gone to teachings about prosperity. Now, I'm all for prosperity, but we want to hear the mind of God on it. And when I heard, seek ye first the kingdom, it took the whole weight 
of prosperity off of me. It just took it off of me. It put it right on God's shoulders. If I pursue him, he'll add all these things to me. It's on his shoulders. It's not on how, uh, how good I am. It's not on how many works I do. It's on my heart toward his kingdom, seeking to understand his kingdom, to be a part and to function fully in his kingdom. And this is a, uh, this is a diabolical scheme. I, it's an interesting thing. I, I said it was interesting, but the correct word is diabolical. It's a diabolical scheme that the enemy uses on especially the church. Because on one side, poverty says, if I only had, if you only had this amount of money, then your, your problems would be over. On the wealthy side, it says, if you just had three or four million to invest, whoa. Do you see how it makes you craven after it? How it causes you to lust? Well, that is what we want to go to First Timothy 6.10. It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good, <clears throat> the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It says in the first few words that it's the root. The love of money is the root of all kinds. Of, so that got my interest up because I'm going after a root. And I've been pulling weeds out of my garden, out of my flower beds because... It looked real clean when they put in the mulch. But up through that mulch come these weeds. So I know the evidence is that there was a root somewhere. Well, when we've got, I had weeds in my garden of prosperity. So I knew that there was something I was not seeing. I was in pursuit of covering my base. I was in pursuit of just enough money. I wasn't ravenous after money. I wasn't coming up with schemes how to make money. I just wanted to know how to get the blessing of the Lord, the appropriate blessing that I was due. Now, I can tell you that honestly. And I've talked with many of you here about, am I misunderstanding something about prosperity? I need to know. Well, how do you treat a root? The roots of things in spiritual realm. How do we, are we supposed to treat it? We're supposed to go after it. We're supposed to speak to the root of a problem. We're supposed to go after it. 
which is better, lobbing off the top of the plant or going after the root? Well, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to do tonight with y'all. This is part of my deliverance, and I believe we've got a problem in the church in that we've heard so much about prosperity and the goodness of God that we forgot to seek the kingdom. We left that behind because, yippee, God's going to make us rich. And I understand the well. Solomon didn't go after the gift. He went after the giver. Solomon was wealthy beyond measure. But his heart sought the kingdom. His heart said, give me wisdom to rule the people. You see that heart? That heart that that uh, went after a better way. It's a better way. And you see up here in this scripture, uh, back to Timothy, uh, <clears throat> it says, Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Those are fruitful things. That comes out of the relationship with God. When God sees that, then he, he just, the windows of heaven are opened. We don't have to pursue wealth. We do not have to pursue it. It is ours because we're seeking the kingdom of God. Now, he gives to those. We got a root problem. Not a, uh, and a, we, instead of a Jesse, uh, the son of the, uh, let's see, the root of Jesse, we got the root of mammon going. And we need to be after the root of Jesse. We need to be after the kingdom of God. Many will say in the church, many, many people, and I, I'm included in this, many will say, my goodness, that brother is walking with the Lord. Look at the blessings all around him. Look at the blessings. Now, that's true, but we're supposed to be looking at the fruit, not the money, not the money. That's not the gauge. We're supposed to be looking at the fruit. Then when someone walks in kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, then we can say, my goodness, look at his relationship with the Lord. Look at the abundance of, of, of good, of the pursuit. We know he's walking in righteousness because of these things. But do you see what the enemy does? He says gain equals godliness. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture in Matthew 6, 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. This is, I'm going to need a new King James Version. <laughs> 6, 6, Matthew 6, 6. But when you go and pray, let's see. I'm in the wrong Somehow, but that's, I'll read the scripture, just take it off. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. See how we're looking at gain? What was the original sin? It was Eve was told she was lacking. So it made her go after glory. She wanted to be knowledge of she wanted that knowledge that God the same, equal with God. See how he got her to lust for something? But she had goodness all around her. 
she had no knowledge of evil. She had no, only good. But this evil, evil serpent told her she was lacking, and she lacked nothing. He will tell us we're lacking. Our relationship with God isn't good enough. It's not going to cause you to gain. We're going to have to. We're going to have to put in the world system somewhere. We're going to have to multiply ourselves. That is not what Paul did. Paul was a. a Paul sought the kingdom of God. Now in Philippians four eleven, let's see if I got the right verse on that. Okay, he said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now that came from God into him. Because contentment, uh, to be contented is, is showing no desire for something more or different. That's powerful. We just, this, this thing of more, 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 it goes in us. We're can't, we're, we need to be satisfied. Now, Paul could have, could have had tremendous wealth. I'm going to come to that, back to that later. Matthew six nineteen through 24. It says, Do not... Lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. How do we lay up treasure in heaven? By seeking the kingdom by being with God. This is a very sober thing to me because it's like I, as I began to get healed, it was t- turning over rocks and there were more squirmies there. Have you ever kicked over a rock and looked underneath? That's what was happening. That's what happened to me. And then it says, for where your treasure is, if you store up treasure in heaven, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If you view things correctly, if you see through the eyes of God on things, then your, then your, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad... Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now we think we can. We can try to balance it out. But this is so clear, I can't mess it up. Now, you notice it's Matthew talking? Matthew was a tax collector. He had seen every phase of money's working. He was probably no telling what kind of thief that man was. 
But he now was seeking the kingdom. Do you see how he's exposing? Because he's seeking the kingdom. He can see it now. So we want to listen to Matthew about money. I'm not saying we shouldn't say our prayers and, 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 and speak blessing, but we need to go right back to saying, thank you, I know you got it under control. You see me, I seek you with my whole heart. I have no worry about finances. It will come through the windows of heaven will be open to me because I seek you first. I'm not listening to mammon talk to me to worry on either side of this. You see what I'm saying? It is two-faced. Mammon is two-faced. And it is loud in this world. There's all kinds of schemes. Matthew 16. Verse 24 through 26. If anyone desires to come after me, let him, desire, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? We've got to have money in its right place or it will destroy us. Please, it takes this seriously. Having money in the right place is very important. This is so clear. And I'm checking me out whether how I feel about charging, how I feel about whatever. I'm really checking it out. Having that credit card, does that cause me to lay down... Uh, the no, like no, do I not say no to myself because I've got a piece of plastic? I've got to examine. I've got to examine myself. When God's people came out of Egypt, they came out with wealth. Now they had been in, in God was bringing them out, brought them out, brought them across the sea. They had wealth, but it wasn't till that thought came to them they were lacking they were having manna from heaven it was coming down they had no need for food but they lusted after quail they lusted after garlic they lusted after what they had given up in this world and that's what we've got to get balanced we've got to so seek the kingdom of God that we this doesn't even matter anymore that we know the riches of heaven, are, God can give those to us. He, he is the one that gives all this. The world will tell you it gives all this, but it doesn't. Uh, I know three billionaires. I know them uh, from Bible college, but there is two of them especially. And one of them is a Fortune 500 guy and his name is Dean Radke if you get it google him if you, if you want to Dean Radke this man and his wife I didn't know have a clue who they were they were there to teach he was teaching business according to the kingdom of God how he dealt in business in these fortune 500 companies out of his 
out of, out of using the kingdom principles. He was teaching that at school. It was amazing. And he, he didn't use overheads or anything. He just used huge, never seen whiteboards that big. But he had them all across the stage, and he was kind of tall and lanky, you know, and his arms looked like they were, went on forever. But he could go to the whole height of those big boards, and he was showing us how he gathered men together, and he would not put in his businesses men who would not adhere to the kingdom's rules. Well, God was free to pour money into that man. His wife, I didn't even know who they were. And he and his wife walked up to me, and here I am handing out pamphlets and directing, you know, how you greeters do. And he walked to me and he said, Let, tell me about you. And I thought, okay, my name is Joy. And he was just, but I knew later after he and his wife got on the stage who they were. They were ordinary people. They thought no higher of themselves. They were not elitists. Money separates us. It's a divider in the body of Christ. It divides us. And we cannot allow this spirit to speak to us and divide us from our brethren. From the least to the greatest. We've got to protect one another. We've got to protect our own minds. We are not going to look at, at someone who's wealthy and say they are God, they're so blessed of God. They have great gain. That's great gain. That's great. That really measures big in the kingdom of God. No. That's not the gauge. That's not the rule. That's not the ruler. It's the, it's the, it's the fruit. And we've got to... Um, uh, the people that came out of Egypt says, the heavenly, the heavenly uh, provision, this is what a mind says when it's worldly, the heavenly provision isn't suitable. It's not enough. To a lustful mind. You're, heaven? What do you mean you're going to be blessed from heaven? The world systems are, are tricky and evil, and we, we've got to get our heads, heads out of them. We need to get our heads straight. I think we, too, don't really like the taste at first of heavenly provisions, much like the Israelites. We want it now, thank you very much, and I want it cooked this way. They didn't like manna. And we do the very same thing. We need to be thankful. But we need to acquire a taste for the heavenly. We need to humble ourselves and begin to acquire acquire this taste for the heavenly so that we will know it when we see it in somebody else's life. We need to recognize what we're supposed to recognize in, in others' lives. If they have a weakness, we don't judge it. We, we edify and build. We must begin to acquire the taste of the heavenly Leave this old world system in its, in its ditch and realize that our abundance, our increase comes from the heavenly and it may not be, the, it may not be what we're expecting. It may not be. As we are renewed in the spirit of our minds by the word of God, our tastes change. Have you ever noticed that? Have you noticed you think differently? 
You think differently about things? Have you noticed that in your life? Have you noticed that when you, when you go among your family, you're not quite as welcome as you used to be because you think differently? Your unsaved family, I mean... As we were praying for people tonight, I asked myself, why haven't I talked to the family, y'all? My son, who hadn't talked to me in 12 years, called me Saturday. He talked an hour. Since then, he's given me my grandson's phone number. And I haven't seen Quentin in 12 years. He was hidden from me. He has muscular dystrophy. Last time I saw him, he was in a wheelchair. He was six. Now he's 18. I'm, I am approaching the, this totally different than the past. I'm approaching it. God said to me at Shelley's small group, as I began to share about my son, the Spirit of the Lord said, like a husband said, you need to get behind me. You know how a husband will bark a little? And I wanted to say, yes, sir. I didn't, and Shelly prayed. We prayed that night. Well, my son called, and all, I saw his name on the phone, and it was in slow motion. I picked it up because I wasn't sure what I would hear. And I just let him talk. I haven't called my grandson yet, but when I do, I'm going to just text and see if, if, if it would be all right with him if I call him. I'm not assuming anything, and I'm staying behind my husband because I want it to go well. I can't tell you the, the change that's happened inside of me by seeking the kingdom of God. It has changed my soul. I'm not walking in fear. I'm walking directed by God Almighty. I'm receiving instruction from that kingdom that will change this kingdom. We've got to get in the ball game and know where to receive our instruction from about finances, about everything, about relationships, about everything. We need to go to the kingdom of God and say, what does your word say about relationships? What does it say about things? In the story of the talents, we all know about the talents, the five, the two, and the one. We all know about that, and we know what they did with them and everything, but this story to me, deals with the things that were given, the money that God gives us. And in Matthew twenty four fourteen, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. From heaven is where the talents came from. The five talents was about $5,000. I read somewhere. Now, those men had giftings, abilities. 
we could look at that and say that's the whole scripture. That's what it's all about. No, it came from heaven. God's idea is to bless. It didn't come from the earth. The idea of blessing comes from God. It, it's his, it comes from God. What we get needs to come from heaven. We bless ourselves way too much. The talent was God's idea based on, I think, the condition of the soul in those three men, those three people. It was the condition of their soul is how they handled it. But the talents themselves came from the Heavenly Father. The number of talents given to each one wasn't determined by the servant. And we have many people walking around saying, I want to be the one that gives the most to the kingdom of God and God's things in the earth, and it's okay, we can be millionaires. Yes, we can. We can say we want to be the giver of givers and all kinds of things. And, you know, you make your plan. But those men were given certain amounts they could handle or not. That All of that reasoning came from God. It didn't come from the men making a decision. Okay, it's time for my talents based on what I can do and understand how big I am in the earth. No. I have quit looking at myself as coming behind in everything. If I seek the kingdom of God, I'm ahead in everything. We seekers of the kingdom of God, we leapfrog over any systems of this world because it's it's based on the Father's heart, the giver of all givers, the blesser. We said we we found a scripture in Sunday school uh, two Sundays ago. It said, "Fear God and His goodness." We can't take for granted this goodness that God has. We need to we need to humble ourselves and go after Him with everything we are, and not banking on uh, false not being false about any of it. When God looks at us, does he see our abilities in the natural or the condition of our soul? That's a question you all need to ask yourself. What is the condition of my soul? Am I seeking the kingdom of God first? Have I changed? Paul was a man of many natural talents. I mean, he was a scholar, a Pharisee, a lawyer, a speaker, and capable in many areas of life and had access to wealth. In his words in Philippians 3, 7 through 11. Now listen to this. This is this man who had a really act together, his act together. If you were looking for talent, you'd go after Paul. If you were looking for, you know, someone that had, it says in his words, he says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law works 
but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed, uh, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. My, 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 my. He was looking to heaven for all his blessings. He considered it the highest thing he could ever do. And he wrote the New Testament practically. What would we have done if Paul hadn't been in prison? For he wrote, what he wrote, where would we be? The most valuable thing that we can have in this earth is our soul being renewed. We need to protect it. We need to we need to be sober about it. We need to gauge our relationships. If someone does something that hurts your soulish area, don't be around them. We have a lot of people that keep their old relationships and it doesn't work well for them. It keeps them wounded and so forth. I pray that you've heard this tonight. I pray that I've been clear. But in my own deliverance, I am, I am seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to see a light. I want to see his glory. I want to see him add things to me from heaven that no man could have added to me. I want that so much in my life. And uh, I feel like this week is just the beginning of what's going to happen. I think it's a, it's we are seeing we're seeing things in the earth right now. We don't have time to dilly dally in the earth. God's given us a vision what we're supposed to be doing, and we need to be light. So when we go out there, the enemy runs from our the, the glory that's on us. We want to walk hand in hand with the Lord. In this, hearing from heaven the instructions we need to do what we've been called to do. If y'all would stand with me, I want to pray and close this out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Matthew and his commitment to you, Lord. I thank you that he reasoned through things and that Paul sought you first I thank you Lord for the words that we were able to share I was able to share tonight and Father I pray for us that we would take soberly how mammon speaks to us and causes us to lust after something from this world but we can look to you Lord and you are the author and the finisher of our faith you're able to add things to us you say in your word that you will add all these things to us I thank you. I've eaten today. I've got on clothes. And 
I have a place to sleep. And getting down to the basics, he's, you've added, I am prospering in those things. Prosperity is measured in simplicity. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I praise you, Father. We are prosperous in this place. I pray that you will be able to pour wealth upon us because we seek the heavenlies. We seek the heavenly blessing, not the things of this earth. Help us to lay up our treasure in heaven so that you can just do what you need to do, give us what we need to have. Father, I know that there's going to be millionaires in the body of Christ. There's going to be... There are, I've met three of the men that you've raised up to billionaires. They're humble. They're, they're, self, they're selfless. And I pray, Father, for that to happen to, to many of our people. I pray, Father. But I, I, I thank you, Father, that my life is simple. I thank you that you've given me more than enough. And I appreciate you, Lord. I thank you for your word and, and the revelation, Father. It's such a blessing to my life. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.